I'm Will Malone, and photography is dead. Long live photography. Twenty sixteen, I believe, was the year where everything changed. I know, you probably think I'm referring to when some dude got elected and it shook the universe, but this has nothing to do with that. Something happened in twenty sixteen that we don't really talk about super often, but I believe that twenty sixteen was the year that the internet and social media and content started being what it is today. I think that's the year where the internet began to really have some influence over our lives. It could be argued that it was kicked off by Casey Neistat when he started vlogging. Vlogging wasn't a new thing, but he breathed life into what was seen as kind of a niche thing reserved for YouTubers. He took this stale genre of video and told good stories in a cinematic way. And after that, creators of all kinds began sharing content in ways we never had before, and people began to watch YouTube in place of television and movies. Of course, this was a slow burn before 2016. I mean, I was listening to podcasts in 2004. It was already happening, but 2016 is when, I believe, the internet really started to hit its stride. And you know what else happened in 2016? The DJI Phantom 4 was released. And obviously it has 4 in the name, so it wasn't the first drone to be released, but it was the first really smart and easy to use drone ever released. Casey Neistat used a DJI Phantom 4 in his videos for establishing shots, just like movies do, and I believe that helped people see drones as an essential tool in every creator's arsenal. It was the Wild West of drone use back then. The FAA had some vague rules, but really it was a free-for-all. Even the government didn't know what to do about it back then, so drones started to show up everywhere. I saw this stuff start to happen towards the end of 2015, so I decided to start a vlog of my own as my 365 project in 2016. Vlogging was and is still a really great way to tell a story. I don't do it often anymore, but I definitely have retained elements of it in my work. So, like many in 2016, I made a daily vlog, and I did it for 300 days straight. And I went thinking about it, to be honest. I have no earthly idea how I maintained making a nearly 10-minute video every day for that long. My drive to make these videos was almost irrational. I don't know where it came from. I would go to my full-time job at the print shop, shoot footage throughout the day, and then sit in my computer for hours each night editing so I could post the video early the next day. I look back at these videos and they are rough, mostly because my life wasn't as interesting as I thought it was at the time. I was in my early 20s and I had no discipline around what I would put out there. I wasn't super concerned with them being watchable to an audience. I was doing it more for me. And that said, they are now a really interesting document of how I started to find my voice. Without that super ambitious and insane 300 day project, this podcast probably wouldn't exist. My whole body of work probably wouldn't exist as it exists today. And during this 300 day vlogging project, I bought a DJI Phantom 4. I was seeing how other people were using drones and I thought it would not only kick up my videos a notch, but it could also maybe bring me some side money. So I broke out a credit card and dropped $1,500 at Best Buy. That drone would end up paying for itself a bunch of times over. It was a great investment because at the time, drones still wowed people and very few people had them. So I could hide my lack of video skills behind the technology a bit. And $1,500 was a lot for someone who was poor and in their early 20s, but it never really bothered me for some reason. My philosophy to this day, taught to me by my mentor Mark Lakey, is that if you buy a piece of equipment, it has to work for you in order to justify itself. That $1,500 was pretty easy to make back. I sold aerial prints of my work and shot videos for small businesses, you name it. I would put drone shots in my daily vlogs, and then that was essentially my marketing strategy. I would fly it around and shoot aerial photos of Thomasville, Georgia, the inaugural town 
in my small town photo project. And no one was really doing that back then. Some of my aerial images of Chattanooga are hanging in spaces all over that city to this day. So 2016 was an awakening for me, certainly. But I think if you were paying attention at the time, you would have seen the same thing I was seeing. The only reason I started doing that stuff was because I was seeing a shift and I wanted in on it. Again, I cringe at a lot of the work I made back then. But overall, 2016 and 2017 shaped what I do today in immeasurable ways. It's 2022 now, almost 2023. And we're so used to the idea of vlogs and drones and influencers now that it's hard to hide behind the new. Early adoption of these tools is no longer possible. I used to shoot drone videos quite often for realtors, but time after time, I'd see their listings with drone photos that I didn't take and realize, oh, they went to Best Buy like I did in 2016 and they bought their own drone. Outside of this podcast, I produce a podcast called Electric City Buzz, a podcast created by some local guys here in Anderson, South Carolina. Mid-sized cities like Greenville, South Carolina, and Chattanooga, Tennessee have fashion and style influencers. It's not just blogs like the Sartorialist in New York City making that stuff anymore. Everyone has access to and uses these tools now. So all I'm saying is that I really think that 2016 is when we started to hit that gear. And photographers have really struggled in this era because we were always able to hide behind our expertise around the medium. Photography is art, but it has science elements to it. So there was always a learning curve around it. But now those science elements are almost totally gone. There are plenty of photographers out there who don't have a super deep expertise in the craft itself, but are more than capable of growing a successful photography operation. Knowing how to use a camera is almost a base level skill for everyone now. Smartphones have brought some photography knowledge to the people over the years, so everyone has some knowledge around the basic terms of photography. And in episode two of this podcast, I posited that successful images come more from the ability to tell a good story rather than the ability to use the technology. That became really apparent in 2016, which was the last time photographers or videographers could hide behind technology as their competitive edge. But unfortunately, the DJI Phantom 4 came out right around the same time people really started to get a grasp on using the internet to tell great stories. Story is king. In the aforementioned episode two of this podcast, I talked about how I believe AI art is still art, but without context. And to me, AI art is like drone photography in 2016. People will still be wowed by it for a moment, either that or tear their garments wailing to the heavens about how this is the end of everything they know and love. But in order for people to stick around for what you made with AI, you need to use it to tell a larger narrative. I've posted some landscape images that I'm extremely proud of over the years, but some of them are my least light images. And it's because I posted them with zero context. I didn't tell anyone why I took the picture, why I was in that spot, or how I got there. And so no one had any investment in it. Every once in a while, a sunset shot can be so beautiful that it can rely on the wow, but it doesn't last. People only care about pretty pictures for a moment, but stories stick around. I think you'll find that if you hook someone into a story or narrative around a photograph, the wows are far more powerful and satisfying. Casey Neistat exposed photographers everywhere. The dude has used cheap garbage cameras to tell stories for most of his career. Him and his brother Van Neistat created a series for HBO with point and shoot cameras in 2008. Imagine how low res that was, but because they told a good story, it didn't matter. So now we have no excuse. Our cameras are amazing and we have the power of an entire production crew. And yet we take photos and post them as if no one else is doing the same thing we are. We all have something unique and yet we don't lean on it. And that unique thing is our point of view, our story, our why we picked up the camera in the first place. The real learning curve in 2022 isn't how to use a camera, it's how to communicate. That's where all of our resources need to be going as photographers who are seriously pursuing this craft. And there's nothing wrong with being like I was in 2016, making videos for basically 
basically myself. That's how we learn. I now look back at that and learn what I did right and what I did wrong. And I've spent every year since 2016 trying to figure out how to best tell the story of what I'm trying to do here. And I'm closer than ever, but I still have a long way to go. Thanks for listening. And if you want to follow me and other projects I'm working on, you can go to willmalone.com. You can also follow me on Instagram, at willmalone. You can also follow this podcast on Instagram, at deadphotopodcast. And I'm trying to grow my Twitter. And you can follow me there, at willmalone365.